In today's gospel, we receive this scene where Jesus breathes on the disciples, telling them, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. This gospel and this celebration of Pentecost come on a fortuitous weekend since yesterday I went up to St. Francis of Assisi Catholic Church in Frisco to participate in and witness the ordination of six new men to the priesthood for this diocese. And from the moment those men left that church building, they will now be approached by strangers who will ask them, Father, would you please hear my confession? And having heard those sins, those six men will pronounce the words of absolution and those confessed sins will be forgiven. This weekend and in this diocese, we are witness to a renewal, a refreshing of the communion of saints. And this is, this part, the communion of saints is in the creed, the Apostles' Creed, which is the shorter creed. We don't normally say it at this Mass, but you may say it, for instance, before a rosary. And... Another way of maybe translating or understanding this phrase, communion of saints, is communion of the sanctified. And so that word there, saints, not only means the people which are holy, but everything which is holy, which has been entrusted to the Catholic Church. So the communion of saints is God's holy people and God's holy things. This phrase, communion of saints, not only refers to those saints which are now gathered around God, giving him praise and eternity, but all of the holy aspects, the spiritual goods of the church which have been entrusted to us, have been entrusted to the church, including the sacraments, part of those holy things. What is the purpose of the sacraments? The sacraments work together to nourish, sustain, and grow divine indwelling. And what is divine indwelling? When we are baptized, we are made into new creatures. And we heard about this from our second reading today. In one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. And even in the Pentecost sequence, which followed the second reading today, we pronounce, come, Holy Spirit, come. And this sequence continues, within our chests shine you, 
the soul's most welcome guest. That is, we pray, come Holy Spirit into each of us. And so yes, Pentecost is a reminder of that day where those tongues of fire were hovering over those people gathered in the upper room and it's a reminder of them going out to preach into the nations, but it is also a reminder of the Holy Spirit who, deve- who dwells in each of us. It is a reminder of the, of the divine life that resides within us. The whole point of this life is to protect and grow the divine life within us. And the whole point of evangelization is to try to draw others to that same truth, that nothing in life matters more than divine indwelling. So who is in control of this growth? the growth of this life within us. In one sense, God is in control, and without God, no divine indwelling is possible. We have no power over the Holy Spirit. Rather, divine life is something given to us as a gift. And this gift of the Holy Spirit not only animates the church, this assembly gathered here, but the Holy Spirit animates each of us individually as members of the body. In another sense, we do have control because we have control of ourselves. Every time a parent brings a child to baptism, brings the child to the church to baptism, that parent is asked the question, What do you ask of God's church? And that parent responds, we want baptism. We want eternal life. We want the church to give the gift of divine life within this child today. That parent can either bring the child to receive divine life or not. We have, each of us has control to receive, to develop, to grow this divine life within us or else to let it languish, to let it die. We see the same kind of dynamic in the other sacraments. Although nothing is possible without God, nevertheless, God always leaves our free will free. When we approach a priest in the sacrament of penance, we are free to confess our sins and we are free to withhold our sins. So we may either receive forgiveness or not. And when we approach Jesus in the sacrament of the Eucharist, we are free to prepare ourselves to worthily receive him, especially by having confessed our grave sins beforehand. And 
By preparing ourselves, we bring ourselves worthily to receive Jesus in that sacrament. Our amen, meaning, amen, I have prepared myself. Or else, we may approach Jesus in this sacrament without preparing at all. We may come forward to unworthily receive him. Externally, we may be receiving Jesus, but we have done very little to receive him into our heart. As we approach Jesus today, we pray that he would again send us his Holy Spirit so that what was begun in each of us on the day of our baptism may be preserved and strengthened to eternal life.